In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It has been a heartbreaking week. Our hearts break for those killed in Uvalde and in Buffalo, and for those who grieve for them. Our hearts break for those suffering from mental illness, including those whose mental distress leads to violence against others or themselves. Our hearts break still for the suffering we see in Ukraine. Our hearts break for reasons known only to us, only to each of us. And so, yes, we bring broken hearts to church today and confusion, perhaps also anger, perhaps also a sense of helplessness and so many questions. One answer is to spring into action. Indeed, that's a favorite response for can-do people when we feel helpless or uncertain. It makes us feel in control and it promises to distract us from pain that we don't want to see or feel. And let's be clear, it is always time to do what is right. And it is always time to right what we can. That is urgent. And, and it is also urgent that we pause and weep and feel that we feel the shock and sadness and horror that accompany the violence we have seen. It is also urgent that we grieve with those who are grieving. And it is also urgent that we pray. It's not one or the other. We do not have to choose between prayer and action or between caring for people and acting politically. They go hand in hand. And prayer inspires and guides our actions and it grounds them and us in God's love and in love for others. Just ask Jesus. Jesus prays. Jesus prays a lot. He prays silently and aloud, alone and with others, on mountains and in synagogues, in thanksgiving, in blessing, in distress. In the Gospel of Luke, he prays before or after almost every significant moment or decision or act of ministry. His baptism, temptation, transfiguration, the beginning of his public ministry, feeding the multitudes. Jesus prays all night long before choosing his disciples. He prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays on the cross. In the Gospel of John, the 17th chapter of John, we get to hear one of these prayers. 
It's at the end of his last supper with his disciples, right before, immediately before, he goes out into the garden where he will be betrayed and arrested. Right in that critical moment, Jesus pauses and pours out his heart to God. In the first part of that prayer, it's quite long, and we did not hear all of it, in the first part, which comes before the lection we heard, Jesus prays that the Father will glorify him and be glorified through him. That's right. Jesus prays for himself. Jesus prays for himself because he knows that he matters to God. And his self, his life, is the most important gift he has for God and for the world. And so he is worth and he needs praying for. Then, Jesus prays for the disciples who were there with him at the table. He prays for them in their presence. Knowing that he's going to die soon, and knowing the world that they are going out into, he asks God to do for them what he'll no longer be able to do himself in the flesh. He asks God to protect them and sanctify them and make them one. And then finally, in the part of the prayer we did hear today, Jesus prays for the disciples who are to come, which includes all of us. May they be one too, he asks the Father. May the love that you have shown me be in them and I in them. It's a profoundly human prayer, isn't it? What parent has not prayed something similar to this when sending a child off to kindergarten or middle school or college or into marriage? What spouse hasn't prayed something like this for a partner being deployed or going into surgery? What dying person has not prayed something like this for those they are leaving behind? Protect them, bless them, hold them together in your love. It is love, coupled with our humanity, coupled with the limits of our own power, that compels us to pray like this. And so here we have Jesus yet again showing us how to be fully human how to be real and honest, how to love, and how to pray or to ask. It is very humbling to ask, isn't it? It's not my favorite thing to do, to admit what I don't know or that I need help or guidance. It's humbling, scary even, to acknowledge that we cannot single-handedly protect the people and the things that we care about. But it's also so very courageous. And it's one of the most loving things we can do.
to set aside our pride and to ask to pray from the bottom of our hearts for ourselves, for our loved ones, and for the needs of the world, and to entrust them and our actions on behalf of them to God. We care too much not to ask. That's a phrase that I picked up here at this church last Sunday from a really helpful and actually hopeful presentation on mental health first aid and suicide intervention. It was led by a member of our congregation, Mary Chase Mize, and it was based on an assist training that she leads. And she said, in so many words, you don't have to be an expert in order to make a difference. And then she told us something that we all can do every day of our lives. That makes a difference. Care. Care. And pay attention. Pay attention to the people in your orbit. Listen to the words and behaviors. Listen beneath the words and behaviors of your loved ones. And if you are concerned for them, don't guess. Ask. Ask. Ask directly, are you okay? Are you feeling depressed? Are you lonely? Are you thinking about suicide? Now, we may all raise some objections when we hear that. We could be wrong. But wouldn't that be a good thing, to be wrong? Of course it would. Or we may object that it could be awkward. We could get out of our league really quickly. We could offend or annoy the other person. Wouldn't it just be safer for ourselves, at least, to just let it go or to let someone else handle it? Wouldn't we rather often prefer to protect our egos from the possibility of feeling foolish or uncomfortable. The fact is that this honest, caring question is far more likely to be met with relief and hope than with annoyance. It's simply an invitation that can be accepted or declined. But it's an invitation that shows the person who may be suffering, maybe not, but who may be suffering, that there is someone who sees and cares for them and can name what they see and is offering to listen, to talk, or just be there. And on the rare occasion that someone does take offense, Mary Chase told us, just tell the truth. I care too much about you not to ask. I love you enough to risk you getting mad at me. Yes, asking someone if they are okay or asking for help yourself if you need it, it can be a courageous act of love. And it's just one, it's just one of many, many simple daily things we can do to spread love and peace. And so we ask because we care.
and we pray. We ask and we pray because we care and because Jesus does. And because we need to. Because we all need a safe place to take our scariest feelings and deepest sorrows and joys and longings. And because prayer connects us, prayer connects us to others and to the needs of the world, it connects us in our humanity and in God all at the same time. And we pray because the world needs people who pray. The world needs people whose actions are grounded in prayer and who seek guidance and help when they need it. The world needs people who abide in God's love and peace. And as they abide in God's love and peace, they become vessels of that love and peace for the healing of the world. The world needs us to pray and to ground our actions in prayer for the healing of the world. Amen.